be now in Burrowhead. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high. Floating in the air. And it is good. Good. Burrowhead my ass. They said they run the damn AFC. They lie. They said we wasn't going to whoop their ass. They lie. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs as the AFC champions. And welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Tonight we've got myself, Neil. I'm joined by my usual partner in crime, Tomo. Tomo, how are you, man? Very good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you for asking. And we've got a special guest tonight, which I did say last week that I hoped we were going to have. Um, a couple of years ago now, when we first had uh, Terrace Paler, the late, great Terrace Paler from Yahoo Sports on, I said that any time someone came back for a second appearance, they would get the official title friend of the show so it gives me great pleasure to welcome friend of the show frank schwab from yahoo sports frank how are you my man doing well doing well you know i mean i remember last year coming on with you guys and kind of being doubtful of the chiefs right like that was well can't can't blame me this year you can't i'm on board (laughs) back on the bandwagon not not not, that downgrading the chiefs at all this year i learned my lesson Am I right in thinking you had us fourth last year? I think it was in a, either fourth or fifth. Yeah, and it just yeah. you know it's funny. I don't know if I, I, I what, when the season was getting close, like, and I'm not meaning to take myself off the hook because uh, there are many <laughs> podcasts, articles, anything you can look at that said, yeah, the Chargers this year at AFC West. But in the last like week or two before the season, I started to think, what am I doing? What, why am I picking against Andy and Patrick? What and. I had said that on a, a couple of shows at least, but it does take me off the hook. I was, I, you know, I, I was down on the Chiefs. I was like, oh, Tyreek Hill left. He's one of the best players of football. That dude went for almost 2,000 yards last year, and it just didn't matter. It's, it is crazy the season the Chiefs had last year. I think Mahomes' season is getting downgraded. Like, it's not getting, not downgraded, but it's not getting the attention it deserves. I mean, this guy lost one of the best receivers in football. He goes on and wins an MVP. Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I, I, he's he's unbelievable. He's Superman. He's the best player in the NFL right now. And I didn't mean to, to, to hijack it right off the top, but just wanted to just wanted to say I I am sorry for doubting the Kansas City Chiefs. They're awesome. They're going to be awesome as long as Patrick and Andy are still there. We'll get to the Chiefs in due course. Before we delve into oh. the real reason we have you on, um, Tomo Tomo received some, some very very distressing news this morning. Yeah, Tomo, Frank, would I, you like to? Yeah, Frank, I need some help. How? Tell me how to feel. I'm a massive Birmingham City football fan. Tom Brady has today been put on the board oh, of boy. my beloved football club. How That's... do I feel? Uh, because I... last year, I've listened to many podcasts you talking about his crypto investments. And <laughs> now he's either lost 30 million, which isn't a good resume, or... He's slightly doing something illegal there, potentially. So tell me how to feel. I I think you're all right, but it feels like, <laughs> look, last year I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, right? Giannis, 2021 NBA champs, right? And then they're like, hey, Browns owner Jimmy Haslam is buying a part of the team. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Like, And all of a sudden they're losing the first round of the NBA playoffs as a one seed. So I get exactly what you mean in a different way of, yeah, oh God, can we can we not have this guy be a part of the team? But hey, Tom Brady's a winner, right? Like he's, he's got to bring the wins with him, just like Michael Jordan did to the Charlotte NBA team, right? That, that's exactly how this works. Well, Tom, did, did you see the video? Did you see the video where he called himself an underdog? 
yeah so this is this is the one i'm going to try and see if i can find you a picture which is terrible for podcasts but tom brady in a <laughs> birmingham city shirt just doesn't look right to me but yes in his in his introduction i'll show you there he called himself a underdog he likes to see oh, himself boy. as an underdog and i was like no, no one's no one's gonna get that right because no, no one the patriots now tom no one has a clue over here anyway right but <laughs> I just like he's called himself an underdog and i feel like that was i think it was tongue-in-cheek which was pretty funny but that's great um, yeah like we can get into actual actual what we're here for now which is obviously uh <laughs> i just needed some help there for a hot second he'll be fine tom brady tom brady's yeah. a winner just keep telling yourself that <laughs> have we got neil or is he gone i think he's yeah no i'm He's i'm here my internet board. froze for a moment there right yeah. that's my bit done um, neil i'm i'm sufficiently uh sufficiently you, you covered relaxed. my internet freezing superbly there so frank how many years now have you been doing these team previews i believe this is my 11th season doing them it's my 11th season doing the nfl so it's got to be 11th season doing previews and you know i i it's fun because it gets me amped up for the season it really does a lot of work i mean it's it, it's a couple thousand words on each team, but I feel like after I feel like I spend a day pretty much doing each of these previews, and by the end of that, I feel like someday, sometimes I'm, I'm like I'm way off on this team, or I'm uh, good or bad, and or you just learn things about teams you hadn't known or remembered things. So I, I do love doing it because it gets me so ready for the season. Uh, it, it makes me feel like my kids at Christmas, like an advent calendar counting down to Christmas going, <laughs> once I see these come out, I'm like, right, I know the season's not far away now. We're getting closer and closer. Um, Talking about, let's start with the AFC South End, talking about teams which you are low on and the Tennessee Titans. I wanted to talk to you about DeAndre Hopkins. Um. I can understand from DeAndre Hopkins' situation, they offered him 32 million reasons why he would sign for the Titans. But from the Titans' point of view, you had him ranked like 28, 29. Yeah, I'll get into that, yeah. Um, and signing Hopkins, to me, it maybe gets him up to 20th, in which case I, I'm trying to get my head around why why they signed him. Because they've gone from non-contender to non-contender for me. Yeah, I, it was an odd signing to me in many ways. And on the Hopkins side of it, uh, if you played your entire career for the Texans and the Cardinals, don't you want to go somewhere and try to win? Like, what well, you can do what you want. And like you said, 32 million reasons to sign there. Great. But why wouldn't you be like, you know what? I'll take less to play in Buffalo, Kansas City, mm. Philly. Not that they need them. But it, it's... It was it was a weird fit. Like okay, the, but on the Titans side of it, they it's weird because you know in March rumors were they might trade Henry, they might trade Tannehill. Now you're kind of going all in on a 31 year old receiver to fix your receiver room, which they needed. It was the worst receiver room in football. That's one of the reasons I had him at 29. But yeah, I, I don't know. DeAndre two years ago looked like he was hitting a wall. Last year looked pretty good after he came back from the suspension. This year, we'll see. It's kind of where receivers go to die. I mean, Julio Jones, <laughs> Randy Moss, a lot of guys who have finished their career in Tennessee, very, very forgettable. I think DeAndre's probably going to be closer to that, but they needed some help there for sure. Do you think this in any way helps them challenge the Jags? I assume this division's a two-horse race between the Jags and the Titans, and the Colts and Texans are purely about 
seeing what they've got in the quarterback. So does does this push them close enough to the Jags to to push for the division title? To me, no. And I, 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 you know, I said this in my power rankings today. That I had Tennessee too low. I when I when I made these rankings, I'm looking at the worst offensive line of football, and I still think they are. Maybe the worst receiver room of football, which are not anymore with Hopkins. A defense that's good, not great. A quarterback who's aging, who if they get behind the eight ball this year, if they're two and six, they might go to Will Levis. Why wouldn't they? But still 29 is too low for a Mike Vrabel team. He's a great coach. He, he's fantastic. But I look at this division as I think the Jaguars win it by three games over whoever is in second place. I, I just I, I get things can go wrong. The Jaguars have their issues, too, but. I don't I don't see the Titans, even if I'm low on them in these rankings, I should have had them maybe eight, nine spots higher. I'm usually not that far off, but I was just so low on these Titans after how they finished last year. I don't see them competing for a division title, not against the Jaguars team I'm pretty high on. Speaking of the Jags as well, I think the Chiefs play them week two. I think we've got a couple of tricky games there to start. The Lions could be quite tricky, and the Jags you've got at 12. Uh, one spot ahead of the Chargers, which amused me after after that playoff. <laughs> hey, you saw the playoff game uh, last year. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy with them being higher. I just wondered in, in terms of the Jags and the Chiefs playing them so early in the season. Obviously, we ended their season um, last year. They feel like they've had like quite a quiet offseason. I think there hasn't been too many rumblings coming out of them. Is that a positive thing for them? Just keep the, keep the good momentum going there, upward trajectory? I, I think that their offseason was quiet because they made their big move at the trade deadline last year, getting Calvin Ridley. I love mm-hmm. that move. I think Ridley, last full year he had. Now, okay, he's, he's basically not played football in two years. And I'm not saying that, that that's nothing. I, that really might affect him. But last time we saw him play a full season, he was one of the best receivers in football. And now he goes to a Trevor Lawrence team. I, I think Ridley's going to have a, a huge, huge season. And I have fantasy football drafts to prove it i think that i think ridley i think ridley's going to be great this year and they, you know they spent a ton of money last offseason they didn't have the cap to really do much this year so i think last year they kind of went all in they liked the core they had bring pretty much everyone back except juan taylor who, who the chiefs spent really big on i i think that the jaguars it would in a perfect world yeah they would have added but they didn't really have the flexibility for that this offseason that means there's questions about a defense that was pretty bad last year questions about an offensive line that just lost a right tackle but at the end of the day you saw the Jaguars late last season they look they competed hard against the Chiefs and maybe it wouldn't have been a close game if Patrick Mahomes was healthy the whole game but we saw them come back on the uh, Chargers in the wild card round saw them beat a, a really good team like the Cowboys in overtime it was a good football team by the end of last year and if you're just saying hey we feel good about where we're at we're just going to run it back and assume our quarterback gets a lot better in year three I think that's a pers- perfectly viable plan hmm. Um, you'll have to bear with me because my internet keeps freezing here. So if I kind of phase out for a little while, you two just keep carrying on. Uh, on Kelvin Ridley, I put a cheeky tenor on him for comeback player of the year, even though I know Hamlin's going to get it. Um, Probably. I, I just just on the outside chance at seventy to one, I was kind of like, "What's he coming geez. back from?" Though that's the thing. It's, these <laughs> oh, voters, seventy to one is totally fine, but. I don't think voters are going to be like, you know what? You dealt with a lot of adversity, dumbly <laughs> betting on NFL games. You really came back from that. So I'll tell you real quick, Tua. Tua is the comeback player of the year uh, bet I like. Because DeBar is like minus three. You can't even bet DeMar Hamlin because he's yeah, the obvious yeah, yeah. favorite. But yeah. if it's going to be anybody else, if Tua stays healthy a full year, puts up 4,500 yards, I think he'll uh, I think he'll win the award. 
as long as he's not so good in in Munich, uh, Munich in Frankfurt, because we're yeah. both. Oh, that going? Game, that's a game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, so we're one thing I'm behind on is the schedule. I can't tell you when anybody plays when, <laughs> uh, who plays who, week one even. I, I still have to get down with that in August. But yeah, that'll be a fun, fun game. Yeah, yeah, we're both at that one, so that's mm-hmm. that's something for us to look forward to there. Um, okay, moving on to more interesting divisions, should we say? <laughs> The AFC, let's go AFC North first. I'm going to save the East and the Bills, who are my pet hate for later. The AFC North. Every year. Yeah, every year, yeah. How how close, I mean, I think Steelers were the lowest ranked team you had at 15th. Are the Steelers in with any kind of shout of the division, or are they kind of... In in that middle ground where Mike Tomlin's kind of a bit like the Texans, I guess. Mike Tomlin's too good a coach to have them tank, but they haven't quite got enough talent to to really seriously challenge. Is that kind of where they're at? Yeah, I think so. I, it's hard for me to get the Steelers to first place, but it was like, they were very good at the end of last year. And I get the so- the schedule softened up a bit, but their rookie quarterback started playing better. Kenny Pickett was pretty good late last season. And I think he can carry that over. They got good guys around him. They've improved the offensive line. The defense was great last year whenever TJ Watt was on the field. So I look at the Steelers as one of those teams where, yeah, it's it's hard for me to vault them ahead of the the other any you know, all of the other three teams in the AFC North. But playoff contention, maybe. I mean, as you kind of alluded to, there's something to be said about Mike Tomlin never fielding a bad team. Like I get that he hasn't won as many Super Bowls as Steelers fans want, all that kind of stuff, but. There is something to be said in a league where you're supposed to every three, four years, you're supposed to, you know, hit the hit that really low point. They haven't you don't hit that point. Last year was a low point for them. And they were still, I think, eight, eight and one at the end of the year. So and they were they were in contention. They were going to get a playoff spot if the Jets could have pulled off that win against the Dolphins. That game was tied in the last few seconds. So I have utmost respect for the Steelers for their. Uh, kind of their organization is just so good, the infrastructure there. But you look at the other three teams of division, this, this could be the best division in football. It's really, really good. And it's hard for me to make an argument where the Steelers win, you know, win the AFC North. You've so with the other three, oh, sorry, go oh, on, Tom, yeah. No, I was just saying you've got them pretty much neck and neck with the Browns as well. Obviously, that they're one of the most intriguing teams to me early in the season just because we just don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to be. Like, he's a different quarterback to the one we saw a few years ago. And then last year he was coming back. It was a really weird situation. I just wonder whether he kind of finds his feet again with kind of off season behind him and, and a training camp or whether it really feels like the Browns season could go one of two ways, depending all on him pretty much. Yeah, basically. I mean, and the thing about the rankings is you kind of there's some point where I have to rank a team a certain spot. I can't rank the Browns in top 10 coming off a losing season the way Deshaun Watson looked. But if I'm going to make a prognostication, I think the Browns might be really good. I look at Deshaun Watson is not a likable guy anymore, so it's hard to root for him or hard to make excuses for him. But if we're just looking at this as a football thing, he was asked to join the Browns last year after an 11 game suspension after I believe he took nine snaps in the preseason. New team, new scheme, new coaches, new teammates. You're playing in terrible weather in a lot of those games. He wasn't going to play well, and he didn't. Like there's just there was mm-hmm. no way Deshaun Watson was going to play well late last season, and he was terrible. But 
the last time we saw Deshaun Watson play a full season, it's almost like a Ridley thing where I get that a really long layover can take a lot out of you. But last time we saw Watson play, he was one of five, six best quarterbacks in football. I don't see why he couldn't return to that. Uh, it, yes, there's an argument to be made that this is just Deshaun's never going to get that back. I get that. But if he is anywhere near that that peak he had with the Texans, the rest of the Browns are really, really good. Maybe one of the top five offensive lines of football. Nick Chubb, I, th- I think he's going to win a rushing title mm-hmm. this year. Receivers are good enough. The defense got a lot better. I mean, they, they made a change at, at coordinator, too. I believe they brought in Jim Schwartz. So I, as I was doing that Browns preview, as I told you, I, I learned about these teams, too. I make these rankings <laughs> in May. I kind of learn about them as we go. I was like, man, the Browns look good on paper. And I know we've said that a lot about the Browns, but this time if, if it's all about Watson. If Watson plays that level he was at in Houston, this team, it, it could be a 12-13 type win team. I, that is their ceiling. I can't rank them that high yet, but I'm, I'm absolutely willing to keep my mind open to the Browns being one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Are they all in this season because of what Deshaun Watson's contract looks like for the next couple of years? Because his hap- cap it is astronomical. Mm, I think it's yeah. 60-something million next year. Are they like win now or or is there a way of restructuring his contract next year that's not going to completely hamstring them i i mean given those cap hits i almost assume they have to restructure but you're just pushing it to the end i mean yeah. it's a kirk cousins thing where we see cousins extend 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 you kind of get stuck in this we have to do something with this contract we just can't have it as it is but now you're just kicking it down the road another year and another year and another year. But I think a lot of that will just be determined by how well he plays. I mean, it's possible he plays an MVP type level. I mean, that's it's it could happen. And then what? What do you do with that contract? What do you do with him in general? So, but yes, I I believe that they know that this is going to get messy. It's hard to build a team when a quarterback is making a really really big percentage of your salary cap. So yes, I, I do think there's some urgency at the Browns this year. Also urgency because. Look at Stefanski as a losing season. I don't think he comes back next year. Uh, he's yeah, he's done. Like he, there were already rumblings after last year. I don't think he could survive another losing season. Um, so talking of quarterbacks with big contracts, then Lamar Jackson got his contract from the Ravens. I, I can't suppose tying the quarterback contracts in in kind of one big bundle question. Did the Ravens have to pay? Lamar like was it a no-brainer for you because to me his style of play isn't conducive to a long career and Mm -hmm. he has missed a bit with injury and you kind of worry if he doesn't finish seasons that that could really hamper the Ravens push like were the Ravens kind of in a corner where they had to do that I I think so yes because the upside of Lamar Jackson's obvious. He's still in his prime. I think he's 26. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that he got the non-exclusive tag. And I, I still, to this moment, don't know why the Atlanta Falcons didn't sign him. They they could have easily done that with a cap. Yeah, it would have cost a lot. Uh, but they could have structured a deal that the Ravens couldn't match. And I don't know why they didn't do it. Don't know why Washington didn't look at him. Because, for all look, all the concerns you have, perfectly valid. But he's still Lamar Jackson. He's still a former MVP. He's still just 26 years old. He's still one of the most dynamic athletes in the world. Yes, I think the Ravens had to pay him. And you hope that he gets a little more injury luck. This new offense fits him. And that's one thing with Lamar. Look, they got this new offense coming in, right? Fire Greg Roman, their longtime offensive coordinator. They bring in Todd Munkin from Georgia. 
everybody loves Todd Munkin as a coach. I think he's a good coach too. But this is true that you can say Todd Munkin is a really, really good offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson is a really, really good quarterback. And the two just don't fit, fit well together. You're asking Lamar Jackson to do stuff that he's really never done in his career. Even he said, what's, you know, they asked him, what's the offense going to be like this year? He said, less running, more passing. Well, that's great. But Lamar Jackson is great because of his dual threat. And I think, can he be a guy who throws it 40 times a game? And spreading it out, three receivers. There may be a reason Greg Roman ran kind of a stale, quote-unquote, offense. Because that's what Lamar is best at, right? Like, maybe he knew, I got to run this offense. This is this is how Lamar is going to succeed. And it's possible Todd Munkin's offense doesn't fit him. And it's also possible Lamar throws for 5,000 yards this year. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule that out. He's a great player. But I'm interested to see this fit. There's a brand new era for Lamar and the Ravens with the contract, with the offense, with everything. Really interested to see where the Ravens are this year. We um we wanted to get into kind of quarterback talk probably a bit later on when we get to the Chiefs division and Justin Herbert and what they've done. But we kind of wanted to touch on what you have to do in your kind of rookie contract to kind of be worth with the astronomical figures that they're getting now what you have to do to be worth it. And this is the one I've kind of been okay with almost like we'll get on to Herbert, but with Lamar, he's had that MVP season. He's shown he can play at that level. It feels like they know what he can be. Whereas with other quarterbacks, they've kind of still got a question mark. So I think with the Ravens, it's going to be really interesting in that division because they've got three kind of superstar quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett, as you said, on the rise, that's an interesting division there. Very interesting. And you asked, like, what do you need to do to get that big contract? Well, based on what Daniel Jones got, you just need to have, like, one decent season. And then you're going to get $140 million. Like, I just – the problem with the NFL, I've always said this, the worst place to be in the NFL is at the middle of the road in quarterback. Because if you got a bad quarterback, you just move on. Big deal. Okay, we, we got a bust. It's no – we're moving on. If you got a great quarterback, you just pay him. Lamar, pay him. Whatever. Even Herbert, pay him. Whatever. It's where you get in the middle of the road with the Daniel Jones of the world, where you're just like, how can we let this guy go? He just had a growth season. Maybe he's you could talk yourself into it, and then you find yourself paying nine figures for a mediocre quarterback who you know is not better than like the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. But what are you gonna do? Start over? Like you could get could get stuck with Zach Wilson, you know? It, so <laughs> I, I it's it's a really tough position to be in a quarterback. If you, if you, if you got a great, I agree with you, Lamar, pay him. I mean because. He's at least got the pedigree. He's at least done it. If if it's if you got a bad quarterback, he, again, you just move on. Okay, we we screwed it up, but it's that middle ground where you're just like stuck. Like, what do we do? So if the Ravens are changing the offense to a more pass heavier style, is the receiving course up to that now? Because Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. it's been a while since Beckham had a good year, and he's coming off an ACL. The drafted, who is it, Zay Flowers? Zay, Zay Flowers out of Boston okay. College, yep. Uh, and they've got um, you know, Bateman, Bateman yeah. coming back because he was injured for a chunk of last season, wasn't he? I, I mean, is that is that enough? And the top to, end. Yeah, Mark Andrews, yeah. Is that enough to help Lamar out sufficiently? I, I think with the Ravens, the way I look at their passing game, Andrews is he's great, right? But the receivers, I think they're just hoping two of these guys hit. I don't think you could expect all three because Beckham might not be the same guy. Like you said, I mean, it's been a long time that since that Rams Super Bowl. He was playing really well at the Rams, by the mm-hmm. way. But he wasn't even healthy enough to sign with a team late last season when teams wanted to sign him. I mean, they were like, 
no, we can't do it. You're not ready. So who knows what we get out of Odell Beckham. Zay Flowers is still a rookie. We don't know we're getting out of him. And Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy. I think if you told the Ravens right now, privately, like, oh, hey, I'm not going to share this with anybody, but would you take just two of these three guys hitting? They'd say, heck yes. We're, we're happy with that. If one of these guys is just a washout, we'll figure it out because we still got Mark Andrews as the anchor of our passing game. So I think they're going to be fine if two of the guys hit. I, it might be zero of three, though. I mean, you could. every one of these guys has warts. All three of them have upside, though. Maybe all three hit. I doubt it, but maybe all three do. But you just need, I think, at least two for this Ravens uh, passing offense to be pretty, pretty good. Do you think two of them hitting is enough to take them past the Bengals and win the division? I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I actually like the Browns better uh, as far as right. which team could win this as division. As potential. Bengals. Yes. Yeah. I think the Browns have the bigger upside. But it's weird. Uh, with the Ravens, it's like every single year when I write these previews, it's like I can't – the, the floor for them is so high because John Harbaugh, if John Harbaugh coached in a different era that wasn't right against Bill Belichick, we'd be talking about John Harbaugh as one of the best ever. This dude, all he does is win games. He's always got double-digit wins putting up there. The Ravens are never really bad. I mean, they got kind of bad last year when Lamar got hurt or whatever. But, they, almost beat, but they still almost beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. If that mm-hmm. goal line and fumble didn't happen, they might have beat them with Tyler Huntley starting at quarterback. So... If you told me the Ravens win this division, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Unlike the Steelers, I can, yeah, okay, the Ravens could win this division because they're so good and maybe Lamar just takes off in this offense. So what has to go wrong with the Bengals for them to fall from their kind of perch at the top of that division, do you think? And I I think it would just be kind of catching some bad breaks. They're one of the easier teams to project in the NFL because they've been really good the last couple of years, and they bring just about everybody back. Uh, I guess you could argue that you know that they're turning over their safeties, which hurts because their defensive scheme is so complicated that you kind of need continuity on that side of the ball. I don't think that that's really going to hold them back that much. Uh, Joe Burrow's injury I don't think is a big deal. I, I, I assume and hope, that, anyway, that he's healthy by week one. I guess that there's some – I mean, you could say, like, Maybe they're so imbalanced on offense with no running game. They had no running game last year. 29th in the league in rushing yards and yards per attempt. Joe Mixon might be dust. If yeah, they don't have really any backup plans, so P- they P- can't Ryan run went, the ball. Where did Piran go? Is he Denver? He went to Denver. Denver's in Denver. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do anything to address number two. So if you told me like the the Bengals are so incapable of running the ball that it just affects our pass game a little bit, maybe I believe that. But even then, right? Like I'm saying that, I don't believe it. Like yeah. Joe Burrow's going to be awesome. Chase is going to be awesome. Higgins is going to be awesome. Their defense is going to be really underrated, like it always is, and they're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. They're they're one of those teams that just their floor and their ceiling is is pretty pretty high for both, and they're easy to project. Have the Bengals superseded the Bills as like the Chiefs? major rivals do you think maybe because of the talking i mean you guys watched uh, the quarterback <laughs> show right like even oh, Mahomes yeah. before the game was like mm-hmm. i want bengals man they've been talking yeah. i want them and then you know obviously after the game kelsey and all that i thought that was great i i guess great mm-hmm. for the game when we get rivalries yeah. like that these these teams are too buttoned up sometimes sometimes it just seems to be some old school hate right like mm-hmm. but not to take it over the line but uh, good rivalries are good for the sport and i i do believe the bengals are Kind of the Chiefs rival now, but uh, we'll get to the Bills in a second because I, I, I'm I know you guys don't want to hear it, but I, I have a good argument for the Bills being pretty darn good again this year. I have a good argument for them not, but <laughs> we'll have that discussion. <laughs> um, Joe Burrow is he going to get a contract before the season? Do you think? You would assume. I, I don't just assume that 
you know, I mean, people are talking about what, oh, does the injury affect? No, it's a minor, it's not an Achilles or anything. As far as we know, it's not a major injury. The question for me is, does he ask for more than Herbert got? Or does he go kind of the Mahomes route where he says, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to be a rich, rich guy either way. I'll leave some of the pie for everybody else on the salary cap because I want Chase back. I want Higgins back. So I'm really interested to see what kind of contract figure he takes. Because, look, if he went into Bengals ownership tomorrow and said, all right, this is what Justin Herbert got. I want more and I want it all guaranteed. What are the Bengals going to say? No, like they got us. He's a blank check guy. Whatever Joe Burrow wants, he's going to get. It's just going to be even, even from the Bengals. Even yeah, from the they Bengals are. Who are I think this is the one exception where Mike Brown's just got to say, oh, man, it's yeah. hurting. It's hurting mm-hmm. my pocketbook. But Joe, again, Joe Burrow's a blank check guy. Whatever he asks for. Again, what are the Bengals going to do? They're, they're, oh, no, we're just going to let you hit free agency, <clears throat> Joe. No, no, that ain't going to happen. He said his window. Didn't he say like the window is as long as he's there? Or yeah, something my, the window well. is my whole career. He's like, so I think he's, like an, he's like annoyingly likable for a Chiefs fan. I admire but, that, like, yeah, he just got to go. Uh, oh, that Bengals is fun, man. They're really, really fun. To play. Yeah, and they've had our number a couple of times. I mean, they they feel like they got a bit. I feel like they got to how the Chiefs were the last season. Tyron Matthew was there, where we were all talk, and then we got ourselves bopped in the AFC Championship, and then. I feel like we came back all business and I feel like that's what the Bengals are going to do this year. I think they're just going to come back. Like, I mean, Eli Apple's gone as well, right? Which, which probably helps that, but yeah, they're just going to be, <laughs> they're just going to be like all business this year. And I think it's going to be bomb, bomb, bomb all the way to the, to the past where we inevitably meet. It feels like, um, like the regular season, sometimes it's a bit of a formality for these teams. And then it's going to come down right. to four, four quarters in, in the, in the post season. But, I think we're destined to meet them a couple of times this year. Yeah, catching a break like Joseph Osai pushing Mahomes mm. out of bounds. I mean, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. The Bengals might win that game. You watch that game, too. Yeah. That was a coin flip game. And, and the Bengals the Bengals have lost a Super Bowl and an AFC Championship game on coin flips, basically. They could have easily mm. won that game if a couple calls went their way. And I, I you don't know how that affects the team, whether it's, like you said, uh, now we're all business. Now we're going to take that next step. Or if it's, it's really hard to climb that mountain year after year. Thing is, they are coin flips, but at the same time, I mean, it, it, sometimes you just wonder whether some teams have just got that that weird clutch factor. You just can't yeah. put your well that weird clutch factor. Strange, Buffalo. Well, yeah, that weird clutch factor for the Chiefs was number fifteen. Yeah. He was that's on one just leg. the way it is. Like, as long as yeah. you got that guy, you're gonna be fine. A lot of the conversations we've had have been about quarterback talk and taking less money and having middling quarterbacks. It's just can't relate. <laughs> it's not a bad problem to have, is it? The the Bengals are one of the two teams that in the playoffs would concern me on any given day. And we'll move to the AFC East and I'm going to start with the other team because it's probably not an obvious one, but the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. If Tua is healthy and they have Waddle and Hill and a ton of running backs... They they strike me as the kind of team who are built to beat the Chiefs. Where I mean, does the Dolphins' season rely on Tua's health? Is it is it solely on that? Uh, pretty much. I, I hate it's so boring, right? Like, oh hey, check back with me at Tua plays seventeen games because it, it's it's pretty basic, but it's true. I mean, if you were to tell me Tua plays a whole season. The Dolphins are probably a top five team. I mean, they're that good. I, the Jalen Ramsey injury does hurt. There's no question about that. Like, I, before that, it was like, wow, the Dolphins might be a top five defense, top five offense type of team. Vic Fangio was a huge hire for them. I, I say what you will about how his time as Broncos head coach went. 
that dude is a great defensive coordinator. Maybe the best in the game, I, at least in the conversation. I think he completely helps the Dolphins' defense take that next step. Again, losing Ramsey hurts. But it's all, look, if, if Tua goes down with another concussion, I'm not saying, like, he's going to retire the next day or anything, although that's on the table, I guess. But yeah, you, you have to think about it. You know that he ain't coming back the next week. Like, it, like we saw last year, when he suffered that second concussion against the Packers, he got shut down immediately. Like, this dude ain't playing again. Like, it would be a multi-week. Mm-hmm. We're missing a lot of time. And it's just tough when the division is that tough. I, I hope, look, Tua seems like, I've never, I don't think I've ever met Tua as far as I can remember, but he seems so likable. He just seems like one of the, the good guys out there. And it stinks to think that at age 24, he had to really consider retirement this offseason. said, no, I'm going to play again. I would hate for him, right as he's becoming a star, to get that snatched away from him. He had such a great season last year. And again, I, I, I like their coach. I like what they've done on you know defensive side with Fangio. Offense is going to be great. I, I just love their offensive philosophy. I don't think enough teams do this where they say, you know what? We're not spreading it around. We got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. We're going to get those guys 200 targets each. You going to stop it? Go ahead. We're just going to throw them the ball every down. We don't care. I love that about Mike McDaniel. I I, I just I'm really this, this Dolphins team when I you know when I was doing these you know rankings and all that I'm like how could the, the one variable here is something you can't predict and that's to his health. The the two top quality wide receiver things is the thing that concerns me the most because if you've got that and a semblance of a running game, which the Bengals may or may not have. But I think the Dolphins have enough in the running back group. They have quite a deep running back group that Devin A. Chain, who they drafted, oh, I wish yeah. we'd had him. Um, but if they have enough of a running game as well, they're going to put up points and put up lots of points. And then you're into shootout territory. You're into the 13 seconds Bills kind of games. And you don't want too many of those because you don't need much to go against you to to find yourself on the wrong side of those and i i can see the dolphins putting up points in a way that other teams in the playoffs can't necessarily do and when you get kind of against the playoff chiefs i think that's what you have to do you have to score 30 plus at least to kind of yeah and they can where others maybe maybe can't um Someone else who possibly could in the past, but can he now, is Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. I've got written here, does he still have it? And do Lazard, Cobb and Hardman worry anybody? Because <laughs> no. no, Garrett um, Wilson does, though. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall do, I'll tell you that. Yeah. This Jets team is really interesting because I, you guys watched them last year, too. How many times are you watching them saying... If they just had decent quarterback play, just give them a decent quarterback. Mm. They, they would have been in the playoffs last year. Now, I, I was high in them in the offseason. I wrote something about I, I took a, a Jet Super Bowl bet when they were I think twenty five to one. That's come way down fifteen to one about right now. But uh, the Jets enthusiasm has kind of cooled for me a little bit, knowing that defensive greatness is hard to sustain year to year. It's just not one of those sticky stats. Offensive greatness is so the Jets who went from. 32nd best defense of 2021 to a top five last year. They might have lower regression coming on defense. The offense is very good, but we don't know if Brees Hall's healthy. They seem to want every single running back who's available, including Dalvin Cook now. Dalvin Cook, uh, yes. And we don't know what Rodgers is now either. Like, we all think that now, oh, quarterbacks can play past the age of 40. Yeah, only one guy did. Uh, Tom Brady, 
is the outlier. He's not the new exception to the rule. Tom Brady broke every single rule there is for quarterbacks in their 40s. Nobody has really replicated that. And and Aaron Rodgers turns 40 in December. So, uh, and we saw Aaron Rodgers slip last year. And you get blamed. He, he wasn't great with Green Bay last no, year. No, he wasn't great. He was not. He took a big step back. And was that the young receivers or was it, hey, this guy's 39. And this is what happens to every single other quarterback as they reach 40. I, I, I don't know, but I, I've cooled my enthusiasm for the Jets a little bit. I'm interested in them. I think they have a high ceiling. I think they have a Super Bowl ceiling. I really do. If everything comes together, if their defense is just as good as last year. Garrett Wilson's awesome. Brees Hall's healthy. Aaron Rodgers just, all he's got to do is be a top 10 quarterback. He doesn't need to be top three. Top 10, this Jets team would be really good. They're a really interesting team because I can also see a situation, if you look at their first four games, they, they could seriously start off one and three. It's it's really tough. I know they start with the Bills. I, I can't remember who else they got. Really tough first four games. If they're one and three in that market, I, it ain't gonna be so friendly and it ain't gonna be so fun that Aaron Rodgers is going complaining to Pat McAfee. That market ain't gonna happen with yeah. that. So yeah. it could really fall apart quick. It's a fascinating team. They're my if you were to like to ask me which team are you most interested in watching, especially early in the season, Jets number one. I, I think they're really, really interesting, fascinating project here. We have them in week four, don't we? I'm, yeah, I'm almost certain. Yeah, yeah we're so week we four. The I know the Bills were week one. They got the Broncos in there. Who's not a, a pushover? Like they're not like you know playing the Texans. Like uh, so, yeah. the, it could it could really start bad for the Jets this season. Nicole Hardman revenge game as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, anyone I'm knows me knows. Not, not I, a fan of Nicole Hardman. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers' best friend because he he doesn't run his rights particularly. Um, yeah. To the to the exact <laughs> how the right I, I think he's going to be running parallels. I don't think he's going to be running vertically. He's definitely going to be a horizontal guy for them because he isn't going to get trusted to run downfield. Any sort. I, I keep telling you, Tom, McCall Hardman has a skill set you can use, and that skill set is bloody quick. Now, if Going you want to run him on right, just not jet, it, yeah, left or, yeah, absolutely, get him on the jet sweeps and. Draw the attention of the defense, and yep. then then Rogers might throw it to Garrett Wilson. But like Hardman on the field, you do have to respect the fact that he's there. Um, you just don't necessarily have to worry about him catching it too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so Buffalo. Do you want to go first, or shall I go first? I will, because you're dying to just. Talk <laughs> I, I can't wait now. to hear this because I really want to hear this. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you like. You know, when I do these previews, I say I learn about teams. And honestly, I forgot how good Buffalo was last year. They lost zero games by more than three points in the regular season. They were much closer to 16-0 and 0 than we remember. I mean, all three of their losses, very winnable. And you look at late in the season, and they did struggle. They struggled to put away the Patriots Week 18. Really weirdly struggled against that Skylar Thompson Dolphins team in the wild card. And then just got the doors blown off of in the playoffs by the Bengals. How much of the DeMar Hamlin situation did that affect them? I, I hate talking about DeMar's situation in those terms. But, oh, it affected them on the football field. But I think we have to if we're talking about the 2023 season, trying to project these teams. And I think that they were just kind of spent emotionally by that point. They played the Bengals. And it was kind of a snowball game. It They were down 14 zip before we even settled into our seats. Like it was, it just, it got away from them quickly. But this is a team, if you look at DVOA, only team in football in the top 12 in offense, defense, and special teams, and they were in the top four in all of those in all those categories. They were the most well-balanced team in the NFL last year, and I just think what's happened is, nationally at least, 
that we they they burned us a little bit. Everybody picked the Bills, including myself, to win a Super Bowl last year. They burned us, and now everybody's moved on to the Jets or whoever it's going to be, Eagles, and we've just forgotten how good the Bills are. They're they're kind of just this. Now the pressure's off. They don't have the hype anymore. But the same team, I, assuming Von Miller comes back healthy, I like the Bills. I, I think that they're really good, and I want to hear Neil why this Bills team is no good. Because I look at this roster, I look at this team, and I say this is one of the best teams in the NFL. That was their one seed as well, wasn't it? That like before the Hamlin thing didn't put. They that got, was their one they, seed and their bye week and all that sort exactly. of thing. If like, the Bills, if the Bills beat the Bengals, and everybody's like, oh, they didn't start that. It was a like half a quarter into the game. We don't know what was going to happen in that game. Mm. If the Bills win that game, they're the number one seed. They get a week off. They they don't play the Bengals in, in the divisional round. That was a, and nobody likes to talk about it because again, yeah. it's so insensitive to to be like, oh, the Bills didn't get a one seed because Demar Hamlin almost died. I get that. Like it's I don't like talking about it that way either. But again, if we're trying to project the 2023 Bills, I think we have to take into account the ringer they went through last year and not being able to get the number one seed and just honestly having a bad day on a bad day. So. <laughs> wind him up I, let him go I, I think the bills are a very good regular season team and they beat bad teams very well but when the chips are down three years in a row now we have seen the doors get blown off in the playoffs if you want to to use your terminology there. Ah, uh, 13 seconds. That's uh, such a good, fluky way to lose. Come good, on. Good, Josh Allen was good, awesome bringing that team back. Good teams don't lose that game. You don't let the opposition score okay. in 13 seconds. We also didn't win in them 13 seconds. We took it to overtime. No, we then went to overtime and yeah, drove down the field. Yeah. 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 So good point. Thank from. you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> offensively, They've got Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. But what else have they got? They were too reliant on Josh Allen last season. I agree. And what have they done in the offseason just gone to counter that? Drafted Dalton Kincaid. I know Chris, who does a lot of our draft stuff, he was in love with Dalton Kincaid and he was desperate for us to draft him. And he cried himself to sleep when the Bills took him. But what's a realistic expectation of Dalton Kincaid this year? Not a huge amount. Gabe Davis can have a good game every now and again, but he doesn't scare anybody. So they had mediocre running game at best. If you take Josh Allen out of the running game last year, their best running back has about 500 yards. Have you seen our wide receiver room, Neil? I have, but we'll come to <laughs> we'll come to the Chiefs shortly. But but my point there would be Josh Allen isn't Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a very good quarterback, but he's not the take the team completely on your shoulders quarterback that Mahomes is. So I suppose offensively is my big issue with the Bills in that they're still too one dimensional. It's still too much about Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. And if you can take Diggs away, the other guys might beat you at time to time. But in the playoffs, when you're playing really good teams who have really good coaches they're just lacking something and they've lacked it for three years now. And that to me, that's a trend. That's not, it's not three one offs. Talk me out of it, Frank. No, no, that's all I look all very fair. And you are, you know, you're playing this tightrope game with what if something happens to digs and something happens to Allen, they're just done. But most teams are a quarterback. That that's just how it is. Yeah. 
So you could say the same about Chiefs and the Holmes. Yeah, Chiefs and Bengals, uh, Chargers, any the pretty Dolphins we just talked about. Most teams, if you lose your quarterback, you're gone. But specifically with the Bills and Diggs, yeah, they don't have a lot of counter punches. But that offense is is not any worse just because they lost Devin Singletary. And they were still a top five offense last year. They were still I, I think they're they're more than good enough. And I I I just don't see any weakness on that team really, other than like you said, like things could go wrong. I can't project that right now. I think Diggs is still going to be Stephon Diggs, even though he was weirdly unhappy for a while. And the defense is really underrated, really, really good. I don't think losing Tremaine Edmonds really hurts them, and, and they'll get Von Miller back. He was a big What about What about the age on the defense? Because you've got Von Miller's 34. Yeah. you got got um, the two safeties are both in yep. their early 30s. Hoyer and Hyde, and com- yeah. Hoyer, yeah, and coming back off injuries as well. Do, do you see that as a, a degree of concern in the defense? I A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, everybody's got questions. Everybody's got this stuff. You're always getting a year older in the NFL. I, I just I, I just think we've, again, we've, look, this, if you, we look at the Bills last year, 13 and 3. They lost that game against the Dolphins when, by two points, when they outgained them by like 300. 500, so it was like 500, 500 and 200. Yeah. It was a ridiculous game where Josh Allen short-armed a ball to Isaiah McKenzie on fourth and goal. They lost at the Jets which was tied with two minutes left. The Jets kick a field goal. The Bills can't answer. Uh, their other loss was, uh, it was a three-point oh, loss. Vikings. The, the Vikings. The Vikings, yes. When they fumbled in their own end zone. ridiculous game. When they oh, fumbled yeah. in their own end zone, gave up that fourth and 18 circus all-time catch of Justin Jefferson. Yeah. If, I, 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 not everything, there's a butterfly effect. But if you, at those three games, just the coin flips a different way, that Bills team could have had 16 and 0. I just, I just think we've forgotten how good they are. That's the only thing. Because, they're not this year's shiny toy. We're we've moved on. We're we're looking for this year's shiny toy, but the Bills are still. I I, I believe they're as good as, as they were last year when they just need a little bit of. They need a break. They need not 13 seconds not to happen or or Demar. You know, I mean that, that. Hopefully that never happens again. But you know what I mean. Like they just need to hit the playoffs on the right note and then catch a couple of breaks when they get there. They do have. I think it's the second oldest roster in the league. They're up that high now. Wow. Yeah. And. Okay. They they don't have a great deal of cap space or a great deal of ways of creating cap space. Like is is this their last year of this window? Do you think? It it does seem to be closing. I mean, and if look at the can't get over the hump now, when's it going to happen? Because that would be yeah. basically like you, you said that last year, Frank. You said that last year. <laughs> <laughs> it would be their fourth straight year of knocking on a door and not getting there. So you might be hey, you might be right. And this AFC East is really really tough. And if you told me. Look, the Dolphins passed them, even if the Jets passed them. Okay, I, I can see it happening. It's it's not like they're guaranteed to win this division by any means. And then the wild card race is going to be ridiculous in the AFC. There's there's nine, ten playoff-quality teams in the AFC and, like, four in the NFC tops. So we'll see. I Look, I'm, not, I, I'm high in the bills. I've gotten higher on them as the offseason's gone on. I understand every single argument you made. And you might be right. At the end of the day, we might be talking here next year, and you could do your victory lap because I didn't see the Buffalo Bills collapse coming when there is a, a lot of absolute uh, legitimate reasons to believe the Bills aren't going to be as good as they were last year. Um, I missed all that because my internet froze, but I'm sure that was perfectly good stuff. <laughs> um, the, the one team we haven't talked about in the AFC East is strange because it's the Bill Belichick team. But are the, the Patriots have just got meh. 
written yeah. down. Uh, they're the dullest team in the NFL. They're not even yeah. like bad teams are interesting. Like uh, like the Arizona Cardinals are going to be interesting this year because they might not win a game. Like they're that bad. Like but yeah. the Patriots are just stuck in this eight to nine. I, I know they won ten a couple years ago. They don't have a quarterback that excites anybody. They don't have a roster that excites anybody. But Bill Belichick is so great. I, I, the people who are like, oh, Belichick's lost it. He should be on a hot seat. Mm-hmm. I look at these rosters he's had in the last three years. And I look, I covered Mike Shanahan a long time ago at the Broncos. And I always said that Mike Shanahan, the GM, made Mike Shanahan, the coach, look better because he gave himself no talent to work with. And he always ended up with 9-10 wins. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Belichick where – this roster is screwed up. It's not very good personnel-wise, but Belichick is such a good coach that he could have this team in playoff contention every single year. They're just not good enough to compete for the AFC East. They're not good enough to compete for Super Bowls anymore. It's almost like you'd rather – they just had the three-win season, so they kind of start over. But it's just not going to happen when Belichick's there. There is a path. Look, if you if you want to make an argument that the Patriots' defense, which was third best in the NFL last year for DVOA anyway, ends up being top five again, and the offense – going from basically children running it to Bill O'Brien, who's a good <laughs> offensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong. Bill, Bill O'Brien screwed up as Texans coach, but he can run an offense now. If if you could tell me that the offense takes this huge leap and the Patriots, who were in playoff contention in week 18 last year, is still alive, they end up going to the playoffs this year? I can't. Of course I can see that path for them because Belichick is that great. He just is. I, I, I don't hate – people hate hearing that. But Belichick's the greatest coach in NFL history, and it's not close. Like, he has got more uh, pelts on the wall or whatever John Fox used to say than anybody else. I think he's done just fine job the last three years working with a depleted roster. And if the Patriots come up out of nowhere and win 11 games this year, yeah, okay, I, it, it could happen. They just they just don't seem to have any juice. Like, not to Therese about juice, guys. It, it just, no, none. They just don't like, have any. And they so say, they got Juju. So and it's cool. like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like, okay. He, it's well, Matt, yeah. isn't it? He was great yeah. for us. But he's he's not... He's not a number not ex- one receiver. Yeah, it's there's just, there's just no. It? It's weird because the Patriots were ruling the NFL four or five years ago, and now there's just no reason to watch them. It's just mm-hmm. you know what you're getting in a Patriots game. They're not going to be interesting in any single way. They're good. They're let's say they're bad. They're just stuck in this like we're just good enough to to not rebuild. That that's where the mm-hmm. Patriots are right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, the AFC West. Actually, just which just we interested, said but, was the greatest division in NFL mm-hmm. history last year. Just, just before work? we do the AFC West, which do you think is the tougher division between the North and the East? Really tough. I I guess I got to vote the East just because I think they have a few more super. They have I think they have three legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and I don't think I could say that about the AFC North. And I think the Patriots are a little bit better than the Steelers if you're comparing fourth place teams. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so last year's best division, <laughs> the oh. AFC West. Wow. Um, I think you gave them all. I think everybody got a C grade, if I remember rightly, except for maybe the Broncos got a B. So surely that just means the Chiefs win, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything stayed the same. Let's... Chiefs win. Well, uh, everything definitely hasn't stayed the same. So the Raiders, <laughs> and I've I've got written here, bad like number one pick bad, but I think the Cardinals are probably going to end up with the number one yeah. pick. So mm. the, the Raiders aren't going to be that bad, but I, I was trolling a Raiders fan on Twitter today and he was like, oh, we're going to have a great season because we've got Jimmy G and Max Crosby. And I was like, that's literally all you've got. And Jimmy G 
I wouldn't be pinning my hopes on Mm. him. So I said, is four and 13 a good season? Because that's kind of where I see them possibly ending up. What are they thinking upgrading, and I use the word in the loosest possible term, from uh, Derek Carr to Jimmy G? Like, where? Where's that thought process? Yeah, and you know, I mean, you guys listen to the podcast. I do with Charles, and I rail on Josh McDaniels all the time. And this yeah, is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he says uh, he, you know, he says like, oh, I've learned from my mistakes. And then I watch him, and it's the same yeah, exact stuff that was happening with the Broncos, where he just has this weird infatuation with former Patriots players. And if Jimmy Garoppolo never played for the Patriots, he would not be the Raiders quarterback today. I don't get it. Like, he's not better than Derek Carr. I don't even think Derek Carr's no. great, but he's not. Jimmy G is not better than Derek Carr. He's hurt already. There's questions about him passing his physical and all this kind of stuff. Jimmy G's fine. Like, if you got a good team around him, like the 49ers did, yeah, you, you can win some games. The Raiders don't got but that. The Raiders and we know, don't, yeah. No, and when I made these rankings, I didn't uh, like they're one of the teams I learned about where I'm like, I'm too high on the Raiders. They they weren't that bad last year. They blew a ton of games, and that's kind of fluky. But man, the Josh Jacobs situation got a lot worse than I thought it would. What are you going to like? He's not going to be happy when he comes into camp. I mean, they, they haven't really done anything to appease him. And he was really, uh, Devontae had a great year, but Josh Jacobs was the engine of that offense last year. And now you've alienated him, which is a Joshua Daniels special. The defense still stinks <laughs> other than Max Crosby. I get Tyree Wilson, the seventh pick of the draft could be good. But th- yes, this, could this Raiders team be in contention for second, third pick? Maybe even, I mean, if I had the wheels fall off first pick, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they could. They, I can... I could see a lot of paths where this Raiders team just falls apart. Well, they've also got to play three very good teams. There's a chance that yeah. you go 0 and 6 there, and then all of a sudden you are prime quarterback territory, which is might might be what they end up being the best scenario for them, really. Like yeah, being to draft Drake Mason, Drake Mayer, Taylor Williams. Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. one of those. Uh, yeah, I, I assume the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in football because my goodness, the roster stinks. But <laughs> yeah, if the Raiders, if he told me the Raiders got the number two pick and we're going after Drake May next April, okay, yeah, that, that's perfectly reasonable scenario this season. Um, so they seem like a lot for fourth division. Denver, how deep were Denver's problems last year? And does hiring Sean Payton solve them? I think it solves a lot. And, you know, I mean, Sean Payton, I I just laugh because Sean Payton's like, oh, I I just regret what I said about Nathaniel Hackett last year's coaching staff. I just don't. (laughs) No, not at all. Like, oh, I just forgot that I was a coach. Yeah. okay, man, you've been (laughs) coaching 15 years. You knew exactly what you were saying and why. And the why is that he wanted this team and Russell Wilson in particular to basically have an out to say that wasn't our fault. We're good. It was just Nathaniel Hackett was that bad. And he was. He was terrible. Yeah. Like, I hate to say because from all accounts, Nathaniel Hackett's a good guy. He's not Urban Meyer, right? Like, he's a legitimately good dude. Yeah. So I hate just dunking on him. But, man, that team was a mess. I mean, from week one on, it just was all just awful. They played better in the, late in the season after they fired him. And I don't know, though. I don't know if – look, I, I can't completely take Russ off the hook. He looked lost last year. He looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And I don't know that that necessarily just changes overnight because you change a coach, right? Like, yeah, Peyton can do a lot for him, but I don't know that he goes back to being nine Pro Bowls in 10 years with Seattle Russ, right? I don't know if that guy's going to be here anymore. So I I kind of split the difference. I think Russ will be better, but maybe not good. I I don't see how this Broncos team is any worse, though. Like, I just, I think they, I think they're going to improve because Peyton's a really, really good head coach. They do have a really good defense. 
they got some dudes on offense still around Russ. So I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be a lot better than last year, but not good enough to like challenge the Chiefs or anything in that division. They did that worries me you with live- Sean and Russ. Just with Sean and Russ, their relationship just intrigues me. I, yeah, I can oh, see you a could world. See, I- it, There's a scenario just, where Jared Stidham is starting in October. Yeah, that just doesn't like, work. Like, it could go yeah, south It could quick. be really, really bad, yes. Yeah. Um, you live in the Denver area, don't you, Frank? Yes, yes, uh, based out here in Colorado. Is, yep. is there optimism this year um, with bringing Peyton in? Because last year there was a ton of optimism. Oh, you know, we, brought, we, we were a quarterback short, and now we've got the quarterback. Kind of like the Jets are, really, in that we were a quarterback short, and now we've brought in the quarterback, and everything's going to be peachy. Is there that optimism this year, or did last year really taint the fan base? Yeah, I think last year they burned them, because there is not that optimism this year. It's kind of this cautious, like, well, maybe he could fix Russ, and maybe we're going to be good again, and maybe it was all Hackett's fault, but... I, I don't, there's nowhere near the last season, last off season was just every single day, anywhere you went, people were just over the moon for the Broncos. They couldn't wait for the season. This season, not that way. All the optimism is for Colorado football, Deion Sanders coaching them now. That That's oh, what yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. wants to talk mm. about around here. Cool story. Everyone and his dog has transferred to Colorado. Like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, see some good football. Yeah. So the Broncos, like, you could, you could see a path to them being six win team you could see a path to them being a 10 win team and it could be anywhere in between i I, of all the teams i ranked there's a handful that just have these crazy wide range of outcomes and they were one of the they might have the widest range of outcomes in the nfl you could tell me they were a five win team i'd believe it you told me they were 11 win team i'd believe it i mean this is possibly the greatest coaching upgrade in nfl history if you think about it like nathaniel hackett might be other Doug Peterson Meyer. and Urban Meyer, I'd like a word. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's a thing. Urban Meyer to Peterson probably wins that just because Urban Meyer was so low. So can't, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Sean Payton to me is a Hall of Fame coach. I, I, I respect the heck out of what he did in New Orleans. So you go from Hackett to Payton. That might it might be good enough for four or five win increase. I, I can't rule that out. Yeah. Um, the Chargers. I, I messaged you a couple of months back and you were like, uh, I, to paraphrase you, I'm done trusting the Chargers. I'm done. I, that's, yeah. that, I'm still there. <laughs> I've gone through you, a 12-step program. I, I've quit the Chargers. I, I'm, I was still surprised when you had them 13th because I still can't get past the roster is really good. Um, if you're saying the Bills were good last year and they're good this year, the Chargers and the Bills are kind of on a parallel to me in that they on paper are very good. They're both pretty good regular seasons. The bills would be better. And then you get to the playoffs. If the Chargers even make it to the playoffs and they blew, what was it? A 28 point lead to the Jags. Yeah. Um, Kellen Moore comes in as offensive coordinator. Is he, enough to overcome Staley being head coach. <laughs> oh, that's, that's brutal. That's, and that's the thing. You're you're like, what's the difference between the Bills and the Chargers? And it's a head coach. McDermott's good. It's head coach. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. God, I thought Staley was going to be good. Like he talks a good game. And then, man, last year was a mess. Playing his guys week 18 and getting Mike Williams hurt. Like He's that cost him that playoff game. That cost him that playoff game. Uh, because you don't have one yeah. of your best weapons on the field when you're blowing a 27 zip lead. Um, and just... This I don't know what it is about this. It doesn't. I mean, the the same story year after year where we get hyped up on the Chargers roster, 
we look at the potential and we're like, yes, this is the year. Every year they disappoint us. I, look, there is, this is weird to say, but I just said this to somebody else on another show. The Denver, I'm going to pick the Denver Broncos to finish second in this division. I, I, I think that they, they can improve really? enough to be there. But if you told me one team came out of nowhere and beat the Chiefs for the AFC West, it's the Chargers, right? Because they do have that ceiling. Like they, but I yeah. just don't get it. I can't get them there because they've disappointed us over and over and over. And I like Herbert. I like Eckler. The receivers are aging a little bit. Getting Rashawn Slater to the left tackle back is huge. Their defense has some stars. But at some point, it's just every year it's the same story with the Chargers. And if you if I were to tell you before, you know, last December or something, hey, in the playoffs, there's going to be a team that goes up 27 zip on the road and ends up losing that game before overtime even happens. You'd say, oh, the Chargers did it again. Like, right? Like, that's who they are. This is it's just in, in their DNA. And I don't think it's changing. Um, with, with the three seasons with Justin Herbert at quarterback, then they've just given him the big money contract. Those three seasons were his rookie deal and probably their best chance at giving him weapons. And they didn't make the playoffs twice and they blew a massive lead when they did make the playoffs. Where is their optimism by giving Herbert that contract? What was is the thought process say you just Herbert's a good quarterback and you have to give him the contract and hopefully everything else will work itself out. Is that how that thought process goes? Yeah. I mean, again, what are you going to do? You're going to let Justin Herbert go? Like he's good. Like I, I think he's a little overrated. I mean, that whole stuff, the whole joke that's been going on about the social media quarterback is he just has these viral highlights. There's a little bit of truth to that really. Like I think he's a little overrated, but he's still good. He's still a top, easily top eight quarterback in the NFL, right? So you just don't let guys like that go. And and this is the going rate for quarterbacks and you got to pay it. But can you build a championship team when Justin Herbert's making that much money? And I, the answer is probably no. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I don't so know. Then, maybe it's going to happen this year for all I know, but I just, it's hard. It's hard to do that unless it's a Patrick Mahomes, uh, that type of level guy. So then could was there a scenario where they could have moved on and just gone to the next rookie quarterback with the next rookie quarterback deal like was that ever an option do you think i don't think so but some team's gonna do it some team watch and i thought i actually thought the seahawks with russ when remember he's getting that really really big contract i thought this is the team that they got enough confidence to be like we're paying russ we're gonna trade him we're gonna, we're gonna start over a quarterback and eventually they did a few years later uh, but there's going to be some team, maybe it should have been the Giants this year or whatever, that just says a quarterback on his rookie deal, if he's good, is the most valuable thing in sports. And we're just going to try to cycle through these things. I thought the Rams should have done with Jared Goff. I wrote about that. I thought the Giants probably could have done that. I, I, but not Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's above that. I think Justin Herbert is he's good enough that you, you're not letting that guy go. See, this is my biggest, biggest thing with when it comes to quarterbacks and the way the money's going. And you touched on it with um, Daniel Jones earlier, so I'm going to cycle back around to it. But you get to a point where Herbert's done nothing in the playoffs because the regular season really isn't where you're going to. Who cares? That's not what. That's not why you're paying 250 no, million. He's no. lost a 27 point lead, but <laughs> he gets no blame for it, as far as we can see. And then you're going to pay him all this money, and I'm. I, I'd love to see a team do it, Frank, where they just go, nah, you haven't done it. Yeah. Maybe you do it somewhere else, but you're going to do it with a team that's handicapped by the cap now 
and we're just going to take the we're just going to cycle through quarterbacks four year cycle if it doesn't work well if it doesn't work then you're back down the bottom of the draft you just pick another guy again yep and, and the problem well with that keep though, going the problem with that is you know nfl coaches and gms got two three years right like gotcha. it, and and that's why i thought the rams not to totally u-turn this thing the rams when when golf was going to get that big extension i thought the rams were the perfect scenario for because McVeigh is not going anywhere. Like McVeigh has a, is coach for life there mm-hmm. if he wants to be. He has a job security to be like, we're gonna try this thing out. We're just gonna draft somebody. I'm gonna develop him. I, I'm an offensive genius. I could get this done. We don't need to pay Jared Goff nine figures. We can we can cycle through these guys. But we're, we're uh, every other coach. Brandon Staley is not gonna say, hey, I got an idea. We're just going to let Justin Herbert go. We're going to start over quarterback. They'd be like, yeah, a guy, man, you go three and 14, you're gone. It doesn't matter. So whatever. Kind of feels like what the 49ers are doing almost. I mean, I know they spent all that money to get Trey Lance, but they've literally just gone, eh, it didn't work. What about this dude? Who are you? Do you want to come and play quarterback? Like, let's say Purdy, let's say Purdy plays three more seasons Mm -hmm. like he just had. Right. And he's, he ends up being like a top 12, whatever quarterback. The 49ers should be the team to be like, nah, we're yeah. not paying you. Sorry. Go ahead. We'll trade you right now. We'll, we can get a couple first round picks for you right now, but we're not paying you because we're just going to draft somebody else because Kyle could make anybody a good quarterback. That's what they should be doing and thinking about. Yeah. Just out of interest then, Frank, are you still on the Trey Lance train? Oh, God. Uh, I had to bring <laughs> that up, didn't you? I, I, I just, I, I will say this. I will say this. If Trey Lance stays healthy last year, why couldn't he have been Brock Purdy? Why couldn't he have been the guy we're all talking about right now? And the, the weapons on that team are so good that he could have had a good season. He has a terrible game week one against a bad Bears team, but it was a rainstorm. Gets hurt in week two, and everybody says, he's a bust. He's done. Whereas I think if he never got hurt, I, I, I truly think we'd be talking about Trey Lance a much different way right now. Well, with the way Purdy kind of played, like, yes, he was very good. But if the kind of consensus is that Kyle can make anybody – Surely they should go. Surely they should circle back round to Lance with that upside that he supposedly has. I just I know think we haven't seen it. I, I just think, and Charles has is, is said this before that there's nobody in that building that's really sticking up for him anymore. He's just lost mm-hmm. the confidence in that building. Once that happens, you're just kind of done. And I don't think Shanahan. I think my my theory, and I, I've talked about this before, is that Shanahan wants a robot. He doesn't want an improviser mm-hmm. or a quarterback. That's why he loved. Do what cousins. I tell you to do. Yeah, he. Uh, we know he loved Kirk Cousins. There was no secret about that. He wants a guy who, here's a play, you run this play this way, do not go off script, because I am the offensive genius around here. And, and, and it's kind of true, I, I say that. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's kind of true that if you run the offense the way you should run it, like Jimmy G ran it, like Brock Purdy ran it, good things will happen. He doesn't want a guy going off script. I think we might have lost Neil. Um, so that kind of leads us to the Chiefs. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, so we've managed to do a good hour and a quarter and we've only just got to the Chiefs. I mean, my biggest concern about the Chiefs is the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're just presuming Pat, Kelsey and Andy is good enough. It seems to be every other year. Which I, At what how many point, though, do you guys worry about do, do you guys this? worry about Kelsey? Do you guys go yes. into the season saying, oh, my God, because the problem is that if Kelsey hits a wall, because Kelsey's going to hit the wall at some point. I mean, only one tight end in NFL history has had a thousand yard season after age 34. And that was uh, in 1965. It, 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 he's just blowing up the expectations we should have for 
tight ends in their mid thirties. It's not just that Kelsey, it's that they, this passing game all of a sudden would be like, whoa, who is our number one option? If Kelsey is an 800 yard tight end this year, which is a huge drop. I don't think it's going to take that big of a drop, but it's what's our counter punch. If Kelsey all of a sudden looks like kind of just a eighth best tight end in the NFL, is it Rasheed Rice or Sky Moore? Like who would be the number one option? And again, it's, it's Pat Mahomes. He'd figure it out. He'd be great anyway. But yeah, the, the Kelsey thing is the, I think that's the number one worry is that at some point, Kelsey is not going to play like one of the greatest tight ends of all time. And it's coming quick. Like it's just, he's not going to be four years down the road. still playing like this, when it happens, how do the chiefs counteract that? Do they have enough talent on offense around Mahomes? Yeah. They're never going to drop that far. They're never going to be the, you know, the, the Houston Texans on offense or anything like that. But if you're not the best offense in the NFL, like you were last year, are you going to win a championship with that core? I think that that's the question. This is my biggest thing, right? So uh, when Tyreek left, my concern is that our superstars, if you like, are aging apart outside of Mahomes. You've got Kelsey, you've got Chris Jones, who you're now going to have to pay. We let Tyreek go. I worry we get to situations like the Packers did where, because to me, we're struggling to put weapons around Mahomes on the office in the wide receiver room. Like we're hope to me, we're just hoping these guys hit, and hopefully we take enough swings. But if Kelsey anything, if Kelsey misses a game, I don't, I, I don't know who we're expecting to stand up and get a hundred yards. There's game. only there's only so many second round picks you can spend on wide receivers. So it's not like spend they're the not investing. Well, it's not <laughs> like they're not investing in the position. It's mm. just that they're not investing the first round pick in the position <clears throat> because probably because Mahomes raises all boats. And, you know, if you've got someone who's 80% of a first round wide receiver, is that good enough when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback? The answer is probably, but that's, with but yeah, Kelsey, but that's like Tom. Yeah. Said, that's, that's with Kelsey. That's yeah. a Packers conundrum. That was the Packers always said, well, Aaron Rodgers could turn anyone into a star and then you get a few years down the road and you're like, wow, we really haven't done much to help him. Like we, we need to actually invest because a first round guy might uh, end up being Jamar Chase with, with Patrick Mahomes instead of just trying to patch together with second round picks. But I, I do assume something hits like I, maybe it's, I just wish Kadarius Tony honestly would, it's always something with him. That's everybody says that it's, it's totally true. It's always something with Kadarius Tony. I'm not trying to blame the guy for injuring his knee in the first training camp practice of the year, but it, it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. There's no shock there. It's always something with Kadarius Tony, and I think Sky Moore is going to be better, but we don't know. It just, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how off, how long the Chiefs can go without a true, really. I don't even know if they got a real number two receiver on the team right now. If you were to compare them to, I mean. Number two receivers, like the Eagles got Devontae Smith, right? Like, I, they don't, the Chiefs don't have a guy like that. I, no. They don't have a number one for sure. They might not even really have a number two, but Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns last year. So does it even matter? I, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating experiment. Well, uh, Rashi Rice was my guy, wasn't he, yeah, Neil? He was, yeah. So yeah. I wanted him before the draft, just based on my unbelievable tape watching skills, which consist of five <laughs> minutes on YouTube. But I've decided he was the guy. And Luckily, they drafted him, but I mean, we'll see. And then Ross, who we expect nothing from, is also getting rave reviews at camp. But I mean, everybody seems to get rave reviews at camp, so we'll see. I'm it's... rooting for Justin Ross. I, yeah, I, me too. But I, I just want him to make it. Not necessarily nothing. be a 1,200 yard receiver because I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But just his story was just so sad, almost of 
elite elite prospect has the medicals doesn't get drafted i would like to see him make it i he's the one guy trying to cap i'm actually rooting for i, I really hope he makes a 53 he's in the perfect place as well like perfect smart Andy, smart of him to sign uh, up there yeah he was UDFA, yeah, yeah. Really cool. um last season andy kind of went more three tight end sets than anyone and was very successful out of it is do you think that's his kind of cheat code to get around the fact that we don't have particularly stellar wide receivers because how do you defend when the chiefs are putting kelsey gray and fortson and or blake bell on the field and you've still got mvs going deep if you play your base defense you can pass out of that either that any of those three tight ends can run rates and catch quite well and if you go nickel then chiefs can just give the ball to pacheco and run the ball down your throat and this the success rate for the chiefs running plays was very like ridiculously high compared to everyone else out of that do you think we see him leaning more into that this season it could. It gets teams out of that too high shell, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what are you going to do? You got three tight ends on the field. You better it, bring somebody down. Uh, Andy's one of those guys who I, th- I think he just likes, I don't want to say tinkering, but I just like, I think he's one of those really, really smart coaches. Shanahan was the same way I said I covered him, where, okay, I'm going to throw this personnel group at you. How do you react to that? Because I'm going to see how you react to that. And I'm going to be able to beat it. And I think that he's just a genius that way. Andy's a great coach. And yes, you're going to see all kinds of different kind of personnel tricks. I don't want to call them tricks, but you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to run these weird things at you because we want to see how you react. And we're going to keep that in mind for later in the game. We can beat you on it. Or we're going to put you in disadvantage, disadvantageous situations where it's going to be hard for you to match up. Like you said, what do you do? Run a nickel against a three tight end? No, you don't want to do that. So I, I think he, he's going to get really creative because he knows, I'm sure Andy Reid knows I don't have the best receivers in the world right here. I got the best quarterback in the world, but I don't got the best receivers. I got to figure out ways to scheme this thing up to make things easier for Mahomes. I, I kind of found, I remember during the Super Bowl, it was fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and I actually messaged Charles and said, Andy saved the good shit for the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl because he was <laughs> he was pulling out play. He had Jerry McKinnon lead blocking for Pacheco on one play. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember where, that. Where has that come from? And then you've got the two touchdowns where... They're faking the jet sweeps, and then you just cut back, and the Eagles are going, oh, no, we won't bother covering Tony or Sky. It wasn't um, the same play, right? The mirror, like, Yeah, just, just, just yeah, flipped yeah, around. Yeah, basically the same yeah. flip, yeah. Or you um, play Madden or something. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly, yeah. I kind of wonder how – because one thing I, re- I read in your piece on the Chiefs was, like, they're not very good against spread. Now – Part of that is because you're saying the bookies inflate the the points total because it's the Chiefs and how hey, you expect them to win, so you cover yourself a bit more. But part of it, I think, is Andy is relatively kind of how do vanilla. I put this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, van- vanilla wasn't quite the word I was going to use, but he he tries to use as little as possible mm-hmm. to beat teams because each week I go in kind of thinking, you know, just put shit on tape where it's just more and more stuff for teams to have to study. And in fact, he just does the complete opposite and puts as little on tape as possible. And then you get to the Super Bowl and he's bringing out tendency breakers and formations you haven't seen. And (laughs) he's lining Wiley up as a tight end, uh, having done a Pokemon spinning thing. And you kind of go, 
<laughs> where was this like when we were struggling to beat the Bills in the season or the Bengals in Colts. the season? Yeah. The Colts. It's also yeah. the reason Andy Reid's what like twenty eight and one again uh, coming off a bye week. Because yeah. you get that guy an extra week and just sit in his office and be like, what can I dream up? He's he's going to get you, man. He's going to come we, up. We have the Eagles coming out of the bye week this time. Like, that is going to be oh, really? wow. such, such a game. Um, Where's that one at? Is that one in Kansas? It's in KC, yes, in KC. Ooh, good game, good game. Because yeah, we like have I said, Dolph- I'm way behind on memorizing. Yeah, we have, we have the game. Dolphins in Frankfurt and then the bye week and then it's home to the Eagles. No, I remember doing when the schedule came out in April or whenever that May, I think it was. And doing like the top ten games to watch, and I'm like, I could do all ten Chiefs games. They have a, a such a fun schedule this year, tough schedule, uh, just of games where you're like, I want to see them against the Chargers, I want to see them against the Dolphins, I want to. It, it's just, it's like this who's who of of NFL scheduling that the Chiefs are going to be much must watch TV, probably you know ten, eleven, twelve of those seventeen, eighteen weeks. Um, let's talk Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. What's what's your level of concern for Chris Jones this season. He he plays for the Chiefs, right? That that should be I assume my God. But I, I I mean they did trade Tyreek when he was asking for too much, but I don't think it gets to that point. They know they need that guy. And yeah. I was gonna pick him for defensive player of the year. Now this kind of does complicate things. We'll see when he comes into camp. But he's so dominant. But you know the athletic I guess was the one that reported he went thirty million a year. It's like, whoa, okay. That's, that's a, a lot. It's a hefty price tag. I assume that they come to some agreement. Uh, it's it, it just you can make it look like thirty without actually being yeah, thirty. Right, exactly, and so you know maybe they they get creative. Both sides get it their way. It could be a deal too, where they just know like we're gonna wave we're gonna wave the fines. We don't need you in camp right now. Stay healthy. We don't we get you. Don't want to go through the camp grind. On August twentieth, we'll come to an agreement. You'll be fine for week one. I, I I just I assume this all comes together because it, it just Chris Jones is too valuable to the Chiefs. It's not like Chris Jones is sitting out a season. So no. I think it comes together, and I think Chris Jones has another great year. He's fantastic. He's you know he's beyond the point now. I think of being that like most underrated player in the NFL because everybody pretty much mm-hmm. knows how great he is. But I think he could take the next step this year. I really do think he's he's one of the few candidates for defensive player of the year. You you could see last year. Yeah. You could see last year who the Chiefs disrespected on the opponent's offensive line because in the key in the key plays, Chris Jones was the guy who was opposite them. That's the old um, Reggie White thing. When the when Reggie was uh, the Packers in the mid nineties, I was a Packers fan growing up. Yeah, where they you could always tell this is the guy we think is the worst offensive lineman because we're gonna just line up Reggie there and he's gonna obliterate him into the sun. Like it just would happen week after week. Yeah. Um defensively in general, like last year I had no concerns really about the offense despite losing Tyreek because I thought Andy had figured it out he'd be grand. But defensively I was like, oh, ton of rookies. Um Spags does have a relatively difficult um kind of system to to learn and those rookies oh boy they they did well yeah and, i was and shocked kind of, I, I was shocked the chiefs were second in the nfl in sacks last year and that really like i mean i knew chris had a great year but carl aftis really good player and like you said the rookies warren mcduffie uh, to go with Snead, they got a great corner like it was one thing where I'm, i was looking at everything and the stats and the depth charts and all that and i said chiefs might have a really good defense like I, we might be sleeping yeah. on how good their defense could be. Like we see teams make that jump. They were you know, 17th in DVOA last year, which I, I say a lot. I know, but 
uh, could they be top 10 this year? Why not? Like they're, they're going to be your older, a lot of continuity on that side. The, the Chiefs defense, like you said, I, they had all those kids play and they, you know, broke records. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, most, most starts ever by a Super Bowl team. Most rookie starters in a Super Bowl for any team tied that record. I, this team kind of rebuilt on the fly and they've added a lot of good talent. And especially the defense is the one thing that let's say Kelsey drops a little bit in the offense is fifth best instead of first best. Well, maybe the defense goes from 17 to eight, you know, I mean, that, that could counteract that. I could totally see that happen. And another first round pick as well. They've gone invested. I mean, last Felix. pick of the round, but Felix can't say his last name still. And it's, DK is armor. <laughs> but yeah, they keep investing in it. I just, I think it all comes back around to having Chris Jones there as the big leader. Yeah, you need him. From I the mean, front, there's just lead so from the front. Yeah. If this thing gets really out of hand and Chris Jones is sitting out all season, which I really, I don't think it, either, all, any no. of us three expect to happen. But if something like that does happen where it just goes completely off the rails, like Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis or something, I, yeah, the defense will fall apart because he's that good. He is one of those TJ Watt, Aaron Donald level guys where if he's not there, the whole defense falls apart. Um, are there any other issues that you see that we aren't talking about beyond wide receiver and whether or not Chris Jones shows up? Like, do you, I, I do you have any be, concerns? I mean, again, this is not stuff where I'm like I'm standing on a table telling you, I really, really worry about this. But if you were to tell me their offensive line wasn't quite as good this year, I could get it. I mean, Donovan Smith was terrible last year in Tampa. He's got Patrick Mahomes blindside now. It looks like that's what they're going to do. Juwan Taylor's just a right tackle. He's, I mean, they paid him like a left tackle. Does doesn't mean he can play left tackle. So could left tackle be a concern? Yeah, but they have probably the best interior line in the NFL. They got. I assume Juwan Taylor's going to be just fine at right tackle. Like it just at this point, you just get to the you just. I, you could find things to be wrong with any NFL team. You could find things to be wrong with the Chiefs that are possible problems. But I really don't see it. I, it just they're just going to be great again. As long as, and I wrote my preview on this, and it, it just I hate NFL analysis. That's just this is their coaches or quarterback. They're great. But with the Chiefs, it's like what else do you say at this point? They traded one of the best players in the NFL. They started more rookies than any Super Bowl team has ever started, and they won a championship. Like what? what how do you even how do you even pick nits at that? How do you look and say, oh, the Chiefs aren't going to win because of this reason or that reason? No, it's just the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't win. It's just because NFL games are really tough to win, and you know, I mean, the right break doesn't go against go for your way. You can lose, but there's no problem with the Chiefs right now. It's just because Patrick Mahomes covers everything up, and whatever he doesn't cover up, Andy Reid covers up. It's it's a phenomenal marriage between those two guys. We have to nail so- this year. We do this podcast after every game, as you'd expect. We have to this year not overreact to the regular season because <laughs> we did we did not expect to be where we were uh, yeah. in Dublin. We went we went to Dublin to watch the Super Bowl. We didn't expect to be in that game. Um, judging by yeah, you lose like, lost to the Chiefs. How the heck did that happen? Or the Colts? How do you? Yeah, yeah. the Colts. I mean, uh, the Colts won like four games all year. One was against the yeah. Chiefs. How did that even happen? I think my, every my podcast is going to be the same. Go on, yeah, my my brother-in-law's a Colts fan, and he actually he works in Indianapolis every kind of month or so. He goes over, and he just happened to be over that weekend, so he oh, went wow. to the game because the the hotel he stays in is the one that's next door to the stadium. It kind of links into the stadium, yep. and he kept sending me pictures during the game. I was like, fuck off! I don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, so all that said about the Chiefs, then you're picking the Bills for the Super Bowl, right? 
I probably will. Just yeah, you're gonna replay this next year, aren't you? When, when the Bills finish like nine and eight, and the Jets win the AFC East. Yeah, I think I am. That's why I'm leaning right now. Uh, just because you know what, I, it's it's kind of this nebulous thing, and I get that, but it's hard to win two Super Bowls in a row. It just mm-hmm. so much has to go your way. And and look, the Chiefs could win the next five Super Bowls for all we know. They're, Mahomes is that good, but yeah, I, I maybe I'm just trying to be different, whatever. But yeah, I'm leaning towards the Bills right now. I'll, I'll have some, I'll have a Bills Super Bowl ticket. Let's put it that way. I, I'll, I'll be making a bet on them. Dark horse. Who's your dark horse? If you had to pick one. Like crazy dark horse would be either the Browns or the Jaguars. I, and the Jaguars argument is, I think Trevor Lawrence wins MVP this year. I don't think he's going to be better than Mahomes, but late last season, you guys heard me rail about this. People were like, yeah, Jalen Hurts yeah, yeah. is a real MVP. No, he's not. No, no. There's not a person on the planet who believes the Philadelphia Eagles would be worse off with Patrick Mahomes a quarterback. And there's not a person on the planet who thinks the Chiefs would be better off with Jalen Hurts a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was just the... Oh, we're, we're just you can't keep giving it to it's just easy. Yeah, we've been talking about Mahomes <laughs> so long that we got to give it this. That's why Joel Embiid won NBA MVP over Jokic. We see this happen all the time. It was ridiculous to think. Jalen Hurts was great last year. He was awesome. He was even better in the Super Bowl than I thought he'd be. He was not the NFL MVP. That was Patrick Mahomes, period. When you get to this year, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP because of this. Because I, I think just the voters mm-hmm. are going to be like, we want somebody else yeah. to win it. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have that kind of season. I think he's going to be awesome. I think they're going to win that game, that division by three, four games. I think it might get the number one seed just because they have the weakest schedule out of all these schedule, So, yeah. yeah, and then you're two home games away from a Super Bowl. So if you ask me who's who's got a crazy dark horse that might make it, my pick is probably the Jaguars, with the Browns kind of being my honorable mention because if the Sean, you know, kind of returns to that level of play. And to think Very, his first season, to think his first season <laughs> – he had to deal with yeah, what you said earlier, yeah. Urban Meyer. Oh like, and we were questioning him like for quite a while as what is Trevor Lawrence like? Yeah, he was up and down, and he I, I, was like, "What is he?" Yeah. If you don't believe in Trevor Lawrence, I, I just take you know NFL.com, their their game game pass or whatever they call it. They have these condensed games. Take forty minutes out of your day, watch that Cowboys game again because he was awesome in that game. He was. Oh my God, this guy has arrived. Awesome. He was just, he carried that team to that win. And he was good. Uh, second half of the year, he was like 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, whatever it was. Uh, and he carried them back from 27 zip down after he threw like what, four interceptions in the first half or whatever. Uh, he's, he's arrived. He, Trevor Lawrence is going to be awesome this year. He's, he's a really, really fun. Very, very quickly then, because I appreciate we've taken nearly an hour and a half of your time here. The NFC is the Eagles, Cowboys or 49ers. Yeah. Is there anybody else in that so. picture? No. I, it's hard. I, I tell you, you, you talk, talk about a dark horse. Seattle Seahawks, to me, are, are <laughs> they're really good. And I have questions about the 49ers. <clears throat> I, I look back, and not the, not the power rankings or the be-all, end-all of anything, right? Like, I do them. Everybody does them. But each of the last four years, some team ranked in the top five of the power rankings has missed the playoffs. Last year was two teams. Two teams in the top five of the power rankings missed the playoffs. That doesn't even count the Buccaneers, who were eight and nine and made it. Every year, some team in the top five just falls off the planet, basically. And th- is it the 49ers? I mean, they got Brock Purdy coming off major elbow surgery quarterback. And they lost to Biko Ryans. And they lost a right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. And they lost a lot of personnel in, in free agency. They had a draft that's going to give them no help at all. They drafted a freaking kicker. Like, come on. And <laughs> I just wonder. What was that, the, the third round as well, wasn't it? Yeah, third round. I can't believe that. But the, the 49ers got the worst draft grades of anybody, and rightfully so. 
And, you know, their draft the draft before that, because Trey Lance was a total washout. They, they, there's been a couple empty drafts for them. Who's to say the 49ers aren't that team this year, like the Packers last year, who were just – nobody saw them being bad. They were bad. I think the Seahawks are really going to be good. Those offensive tackles are a year older. I don't think Geno is a fluke. There's nothing in – I was skeptical, very skeptical early in the season. But you look at Geno Smith's tape, it was no fluke. He was good. And now you add Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think their defense is a ton better than it was last year. I think the Seahawks, I don't know. I think we're going to be talking about the Seahawks a lot this season. I, they might not make the Super Bowl, but the NFC is, is, isn't strong. We know that. I'll pick the Eagles probably just because they do have the best roster. I, I, and the NFC is pretty weak. But Seahawks, keep an eye on the Seahawks. They're a team I really, really am I'm high on this year. One of my free bets, which I've been stacking week in, week out, as I'm just looking for it now, is the Chiefs to beat the Seahawks. I have 10 euro, 10 euro on it, and it's worth 900 euro if the Chiefs beat the Seahawks. I think you've, you've texted me every Super time Bowl. I post a preview. You 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 yeah. you tweet, tweet me like, yeah. oh, this, this is live, right? And it's like the, yeah. it's like the Chicago the Bears to lose to the, the Chiefs. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I have, no, I have the one C- of those I have the Chiefs to beat the Seahawks, to beat the Falcons, to beat the Lions, to beat the Cowboys. I even went with the Rams. Two thousand euro the on a Rams. free, oh on my a goodness, free the Rams bet. Are be the Rams are going to be. So and how do you, how do you get so many free bets? That's my question. I don't understand yeah. how so how this guy gets if, so many free bets. If you place five bets with Paddy Power in a week, they give you a free bet. So if you place five five euro bets, they give you a five euro free bet. If you place five ten euro bets a week, they'll give you a free ten euro bet. And so I, I, um, I like self there, Frank. I'd, I'd gamble on a fairly regular basis. And uh, partly why I love Frank's stuff is because there's some fantastic insight. If you're a gambler there, I mean, I'm not going to be doing Browns Jets tonight, but you know, maybe when the Chiefs play right. Sunday week, I might might dabble on it. But I, I can easily put five bets. I put a tenner on something. Try and get 20 back, and then I'll put two 10 euro bets on that. And then if I win something from those, and I usually don't spend more than 20, it usually I don't spend more than 20 euros a week, and I get a 10 euro free bet, and I get a week's worth of entertainment from it. Very now cool. I'm stacking those bets on the Super Bowl winning Chiefs, hopefully, but we'll, we'll see. I, I have covered myself on some of the other teams as well. I did bet the Bengals to win it. Um, but yeah, I'll. I'll cover myself some more. I've got time before the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, right then, have we got anything? I think we've taken more than enough of your time frame, isn't it? We're an hour and 29 minutes we're at here. <laughs> um, right, everybody, you can find Frank on Twitter or X or whatever anyone wants to call it these days, uh, at Yahoo Schwab. If you go into Frank's Twitter profile, you will see he tweets links to all of um, his team previews. I would suggest you go to the Chiefs one because there's links to every other one in there. And there's also the latest power rankings. I saw you tweeted That's that out today. Uh, has all the links. Yep. Yeah, if you click on each team name, then you'll find each team's power rankings. I, I love these because it gives me such a better overall knowledge of the league. Um, and I'm not just kind of Chiefs focused. And Frank, we really appreciate you spending as much time with us tonight to to just ramble there to to go through everybody and just kind of cover where we think things are going so thank you really appreciate your time um a lot it was a yeah. lot of fun it, it just means football close right like football yeah, absolutely near. yeah can't wait they can't wait for the season yeah i completely agree are you going to be watching the game tonight the browns jets no watch it for a <laughs> series or two and then the novelty will wear off 
Yeah, I, I two a.m. kick. I want a one thirty a.m. kickoff now. I'm, 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 I'm not that dedicated. Nice. <laughs> um, right, that'll do us for this week. Uh, Tom, out. Thanks for your time as always, mate. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for your time. It's much appreciated. Uh, you'll also find if you just go into Yahoo Sports NFL, you'll find Frank's working there, um, and also Charles, who we chat with a fair bit as well. Um, He's doing his training camp tour at the moment. How come you don't get the training camp tour? I used to, but uh, yeah, they got we got Jory, we got Charles, we got the other Charles, Charles McDonald on the on the road. Yeah. That's that's enough. I'm fine. I'm that's fine not having to deal with training camp uh, travel. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, right then, um, that'll do us. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, any feedback you can give us, much appreciated. This was our most listened to podcast last year by quite some distance so let's hopefully we'll get that kind of level of interest again um and i think we'll say from one game to another goodbye for now